14, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we present the second part of our discussion on Gerald Gardner's 1949 novel of medieval British magic and witchcraft, High Magic's Aid. The emphasis tonight will be on readings of the actual rituals from the book. They will include Making the Great Circle, The Witch Cult Initiation, and The Spirit Dantalian. I'll be joined by my longtime friend and colleague, Gardnerian Elder Ed Finch, and we will discuss the influence of Solomonic magic on Gardner's original version of modern Wicca. Gardner used rituals from both the greater and lesser keys of Solomon in High Magic's aid. And so, if you want to get the feel of the way it was in the beginning, then uh, stay with us and we'll conjure some old-fashioned spirits for you. Now, one thing we did not do last week, we we did some readings last week uh, from from the book. We uh, uh, we did the, the Barksabelle uh, operation, the first Barksabelle. I don't think we did the second one, too, uh, Barksabelle operations. And that involved, uh, the first one involved uh, the uh, um, Olaf uh, uh, Bonder in the in the triangle, acting as the uh, receiver and the, and the material basis for for uh, summoning or channeling uh, uh, the spirit Barksabelle, the Martian spirit. And then the second uh, time around, um, um, they did him. Uh, they did they marks a bell in smoke uh and uh then uh, we also um we also uh read some other sections from the from the book, but one thing we did not do, and we we're gonna catch up this week, we're going to read uh the introduction gardner's introduction and and we should have read that last week. And of course, uh, very shortly on, uh, my my colleague uh, and and uh, longtime friend uh, Ed Fish will be calling in, and uh, and he of course is he is an authority on on Gardnerian Wicca because he's one of the elders of the Gardnerian Wicca in the United States now. Let's start with the introduction to High Magic Aid, written by Gerald Gardner. Magic, witchcraft, step and nonsense. No one believes in such things nowadays. It was all burning, evil-smelling powders, muttering words. The devil jumped up, and you sold him your soul. That was all there was to it. But was that really all? Would any sane or insane person, for that matter, sell their souls to eternal fire for nothing, or nearly nothing? Our forefathers had faith, at least about... Nine millions of them suffered a cruel death, mainly by being burnt alive because of this belief. Magic is sometimes defined as attempting to do something contrary to the laws of nature, to bring success to various undertakings. Now, the church taught this could could be done by prayers and offerings to the saints, and it was also an article of faith that King Solomon evoked great spirits and forced them to perform many wonders. Books were also written on similar subjects. The Key of Solomon the King, the most widely used book of of magic, was believed to have been written by King Solomon himself. 
Perhaps the next most widely used was the Enchiridon of Pope Leo III. If the great ones of the earth practiced it and taught you to, to do likewise, should not the lesser ones also believe it and uh, it could be done done safely? And if they only knew, knew the way. Art magic was taught more or less publicly at various universities and secretly almost everywhere. You might ask, but did it work? And if not, why did they believe it? But they saw innumerable cases where magical rituals seemed to work. When in France, when France was prostrate at the feet of England, her king had no men, money, hope, or followers. A young peasant girl, the witch of, of Doremi, apparently drew armies from the ground and drove out the invaders. That she was burnt alive as a witch for so doing only strengthened the belief that it worked. And if if one only knew how how and dared to ask it, Pope Innocent III was also was made pope some time before he was even a priest. Stephen Langton, an utterly unknown man, suddenly became Archbishop of Canterbury overnight. This smelled of magic to our forefathers. Would you know what they believed and attempted to achieve? Then come with us into the past. And then he has a note at the bottom here. It says, the magical rituals are authentic, partly from the Key of Solomon, McGregor Mather's translation, and partly from magical manuscripts in my possession. Now, one of those manuscripts is obviously... Uh, the Galatia, the Lamegaton, as we will, you know, see tonight, because... Uh, uh, brother Ed, are you there? Ed, uh, otherwise known as Brother E, I, I am here. Thank you very much. Oh, good, good. Uh, uh, and, uh, well, I just finished reading uh, Gardner's introduction to uh, to his 1949 um, High Magic Sage, and... Uh, what I would like to do tonight is is read, uh, do some readings, uh, you know, catch up on some readings or rituals in the book, and then you and I can comment on them. But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, let's talk about the, the influence of Gerald Gardner uh, on on uh, on the rebirth of witchcraft, and uh, and uh, you know, and how it came over from England, came over to the United States, and you got involved in it. Kind of tell us about uh, about your uh, your involvement with it, if you would. Well, when I first got interested in this, uh, all I could find was ceremonial magic. I was still in the service at the time. And then uh, after I got out of the Air Force, I was uh, checking and find found the book put out by witches and also by ceremonial magicians uh, called Blue Ray. And it was really very intriguing. The only trouble is that I couldn't find who to run to, who to, who to contact. And I eventually found a, uh, a novel entitled Sign of the Labyrinth by Margaret St. Clair, which uh, have covered the whole, some of the words, and there were very definitely uh, ceremonial magic, but yet it was also obviously a Wiccan in, uh, initiation. I felt that at that time I had located a, an end to the witch cult, but it took me a while to realize that in order to uh, contact the author, all you had to do was really write to the author and, and care of the publisher. And eventually that uh, led me to an invite to, a, to Margaret and Eric St. Clair and their a very nice home, very magical home in Richmond, California. 
And, uh, and of course, uh, when I was called back into the service for Vietnam, I found I was stationed in uh, just outside of Boston and was able to drop in on Ray and Rosemary Buckland, who were on Long Island at that time. And Ray and Rosemary were very interesting, very intelligent people. They had been sent over by uh, Ray's employer at the time, British Overseas Airways Corporation, and um, and to do minor stuff in the New York office. But his uh, governors, Ray's governors, had uh, said, well, it's half-laughingly, you're here and going forth to uh, bring the old ways back to the heathen folk of the New World. I don't think they ever succeeded. Uh, they never thought he would be as successful as he was. He, excuse me, I'm stumbling a little bit. I'm getting over a, a bad cold. So at any rate, and I happen to be one of the 17 people that were initiated by them over their years and did my best to spread things out and do a lot of scholastic research on what was going on. And I found in the process that the ceremonial magic and Wiccan approaches are rather similar in many ways. Uh, basically, you're trying to accomplish the magic, but you're using slightly different tools. It's about the way it goes. How's that sound? Yeah, well, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been uh, that I've been fascinated by in rereading High Magic, say, of course, I read it years ago, and I have a, I am the luck holder of a, an original uh, of, uh, first edition, which even has. Uh, Gardner correcting a mis- misprint of his of his magical name in the front of it, uh, and and uh, one thing I want to mention about this book is that Gardner was very very much influenced as as you know from the introduction by uh, the the Greater Key of Solomon and the Lesser Key also uh, he was very much influenced by that and obviously uh, he like his uh, like his uh, imitator uh, um, um, Alex Sanders. We're both we're both in, in the, very much into ceremonial magic, and and um, and, and the whole point, the whole the whole uh, um, plot of high magic Said is three uh, ceremonial magicians uh, who are who really uh, are just one of them studied magic in Spain and got away and he came back with a with a, with a bunch of manuscripts that he managed to liberate from his professor in Spain but he really never had that was Peter Peterson he never he never did actually get a chance to practice it and then he <laughs> takes up with these two uh, young boys the Bonder brothers uh both of them in their late teens uh and and uh, they want to want to recover their their estate that was stolen by the Normans. Of course, this is a Robin Hood kind of a thing, you know, like the the, the, the Normans and their Saxons, and the, and the Normans took their estate away from them. And so, uh, uh, and Thor was a good friend of their father's, and and so he he joins with them, and they they're going to do magic to, um, you know, to uh, recover the boy's estate. And and uh, and the first thing that they do and we we read it last last week is they they they, they decide they're going to get the the the, the martian spirit bart Sabal, uh who is you remember that was the same one that jack carson's uh sick on on uh, l ron hubbard uh they were going to get bart Sabal, and the way they did that was they they the first well, they the first time they did it they they put uh poor olaf in the triangle outside the circle and to, and to channel Bart Sabell, 
and then they they conjured Barzabel. So uh, so Olaf, you know, and and he gets possessed by Barzabel. Uh, which is the way that sort of thing works, and then he, then he, then he says, you know, find the witch of Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember, so they this launches them out. They realize that what they have to do is is find Wanda and find and get and get Wanda's witch and and come back with her, and of course, <laughs> off they go uh, and looking for Wanda. They find Wanda and they find the witch and they bring her back and. Kind of rehabilitate her. She's in pretty miserable shape, but uh, she's uh, uh, yeah. That that's more than more than the witch. And and, uh, and then then so the point of all of this, of course, is that without without the witch, they can't make magic. And uh, Gerald Gardner, you know, kind of kind of indicates that well, she has the Athame and that and that uh, and they can't do anything without the Athame. That's kind of I don't know whether that's his own invention or what, but basically what he's saying is, is a bunch of guys together don't do very much magic, but if they got a, but they've got a, they got a priestess with them, they can do something. And we found out, of course, in the OTA, we found out that's true. If the boys get together some night and there's no girls there, we don't, our magic doesn't work very well. You got, you got a girl in the circle, you got a woman in the circle, and then things happen. And it doesn't have to necessarily be sexual. I mean, it's just, you know, it's that female energy in the circle that helps. There is a polarity, a major polarity between male and female. It's something more than just uh, having somebody say, hey, I is a girl. Well, not really work. Uh, but, uh, when you're in the circle, the feminine energy is something very, very deep. And so consequently, you do need male and female, real male, real female. Absolutely. And... Uh, and yet, at, in this book, um, in High Magic's Aid, there is a lot of, of Solomonic, uh, um, a lot of Solomonic magic, and they go through it. And of course, then they get more than the witch to, to doing it too. They get her initiated. They initiate her into Solomonic magic and teach it to her, and then she initiates them into the witch cult. Uh, and uh, uh, so, what I what I want to do. Uh, uh, what I want to do tonight is uh, is go through some of these rituals, and uh, we'll see how much Solomonic magic and witchcraft are going together in this. Uh, and the one in, in the making of the Great Circle. Uh, last week we did the charging of the Pentacles, and we did the, that first uh, Barcelona operation. And uh, now uh, tonight uh, we're going to talk about making the Great Circle. They um, they 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 got the they're clearing out the attic in their place in their house to use as a temple, and uh, then they're gonna they're, then they're gonna create the circle. And uh, so what I want to what I want to do is I want to get into that. I'll read that and then we'll comment on it. Uh, let's see here. Um, anyway, he gives them he gives them all of. He gives them all a bath, and he consecrates and pours water over all of them, and 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 and, uh, and consecrates them and dedicates them to the to the work. And then, having done that, uh, and while he's doing, it, he says, "I exercise." This is this is Thor now. Remember, Thor is the guy that went to school in 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 Spain to learn magic. And, uh-huh. Yeah, he he brought back the manuscripts, and obviously he brought back what he brought back 
was the key of Solomon and the lesser key, both, both the greater and the lesser key, the lesser key being the Lamegaton. So those are the two uh, manuscripts he's working from. Uh, that were, that, and, and, of course, we still use them today. Uh, now, uh, let's see. We'll get to him. He's... Uh, uh, see that. With some soberness of spirit, because of the great things before them, they mounted the stairs to the chamber above, where stood the tub of water, each man carrying a bucket of hot water, which they mixed with the cold already in the tub. And Thor stripped and exercised the water thus. I exercise thee, O creature of water, that thou cast out from thee all the impurities and uncleanliness of the spirits, of the world of phantasms, so they may harm me not. Through the virtue of God the Almighty, who reigneth through the ages of ages, and by the names, and here we go out of Kia Solomon, Martalia, Musalia, Nupalia, Ninimalia, Zitansia, Gold of Fira, Dedusaria, Maria, Geographia, Sadali, Yar, Godieb, Enzio, Musio, Gracio, Tamen, Puri, Godu, Honsnoth, Astroth, Sabaoth, Adonai, Asla, On, El. And last but not least, Tetragrammaton. <laughs> yeah, last, last, but certainly not least. Certainly not least. Now, uh, this is uh, uh, Tetragrammaton, Shima, Aristan, Anaphexaton, Segeleton, Permutaton, Amen. And then he washed himself thoroughly and saying as he did so, Purge me, O Lord, with hyssop, and I shall be clean. And wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And then he took salt and blessed it, saying, The blessing of the Father Almighty be upon this creature of salt. But, but, but all magnanimity and ignorance be cast therefrom. And let all good enter therein. Wherefore do I bless thee, thou, thou mayest aid me. Amen. Casting this exercise salt into the water, he washed himself again, saying as he did so. Imaniol, animon, imato, memion, vapolion, gardon, existon, savernim, momerton, zama, nemesion, tailcon, Takshmion, Amen. And as the invocation ended, he stepped out, dried himself, and donned a clean white linen robe. Now, um, while all while all this was in progress, Jan, that's one of the Bonder brothers, uh, was obediently fixing his mind upon Fitzurse and his castle. Fitzurse, of course, is the Norman reunion that, that, that usurped their land. But all of his attention was fixed on, upon Mervyn, the witch. Uh-huh. Who had now entered? Who had now entered the bath and splashed about, and then Thor poured water over her, saying solemnly, "I conjure thee, O creature, being a young girl by the Most High God, the Father of all creatures, by Father Elohim and by Father Elohim Gabor, and by Father Elion, 
that thou shalt neither have the will or the power to hide anything from me, and that thou shalt be faithful and obedient to me. Amen. And he's making a kind of a like making a magical slave out of out of out of Morgan there, in a sense, a receiver. Now, he poured water over over again, saying, Be the regenerate, cleansed and purified, so that the spirits may neither harm thee nor abide in thee. Amen. And then he had the two brothers strip and get into the tub together. Silently they obeyed, watching him covertly as they scoured their bodies with an earnestness that made them glow. And Thor smothered a smile at, at this cleansing, accomplished as, as never before, and taking water from the tub. They didn't bathe very much in those days. Taking <laughs> water from the tub and, and, pouring over, and pouring it over their heads, it flowed in a cascade to their feet, saying as he did so over each, Be pure and regenerate, cleansed and purified in the name of the ineffable, great, and eternal God. From all your inequities, and may the virtue of the Most High descend upon you and abide with you always, so that you may have the power and strength to win the desires of your heart. Amen. Now, it's pretty obvious one of the reasons why uh, the American uh, the American witches cut a lot of this out is because there's way too much of this patriarchal Jehovah stuff in here. I mean, it's just and and uh, it did just way too much of it. And, and I and I can agree with. I, I don't I don't fault them for you know, getting you know getting away from that. Uh, when they stepped out and dried themselves, which subdued uh, which subdued by the solemn strangeness of this unusual stress upon purification, Thor pointed to the two clean white robes and motioned to them to don them. And then he said. It is needful that you wear these talismans upon your breasts. And he hung about Jan's neck a pentacle of iron for Mars and upon Olaf a thin disc of beaten gold for Leo. More than already had her own, the pentacle of Jupiter in silver. And each of these pentacles was engraved with the Kabbalistic signs appropriate to the ruling spirit. And upon his own breast, Thor then suspended three of the pentacles of iron he had made for Barzabal. And together with his own individual talisman of mercury formed of brass. And the pentacles of Barzabal he covered with a, with a kerchief. And then he cleansed the three disciples and himself and cleansed again the talismans upon their breasts and upon his own, saying, These are the talismans and pentacles perfumed with the proper fumigations by which, by which, being assured and encouraged, ye may enter into this matter without fear or terror, and shall be exempt from all perils and dangers, provided thou obey my commands, and do all I shall ordain. And all things shall go according to my desires. And after a moment of silence, he spoke again. Jan and Olaf, you will need your swords, more than atherathame, and each weapon hold in your right hands, and went in the circle. And as he spoke, he picked up the lighted lantern and turned to ascend the ladder leading to the loft above. They all followed. The rays of the lantern faintly illuminated the great loft. Thor lighted a great candle upon the altar and placed it in the midst of the great circle, saying, I exorcise thee, O creature of fire, in the name of the sovereign and eternal Lord, by his ineffable name, which is YHVH, by the name Yah and by the name of power, which is L. That's true. And that thou 
mayest enlighten the heart of all spirits, which we may call into the circle, so that they may appear before us without fraud and deceit through him who hath created all things. And then being sunwise, he lighted other candles around the circle. When he had finished, there was more of a soft and steady illumination. Meanwhile, Morvan had been following him around, lighting the charcoal and the braziers set at the four cardinal points and pointing in and putting incense thereon. As the candles were lighted, I want to make an observation here. These these sensors at the four points of the circle actually provide the uh, the smoke from them. Actually provides the in this in this kind of magic, it actually provides the material basis for the spirits to form, and uh, and uh, so that that's uh, that's very important uh, that they, that you have these four sensors. As the candles were lighted, details of the place of experiment leapt into being. The vast oak beams springing from the floor, the sloping upwards to the peak of the roof. Wisps of reeds from the thatch increased the shadow to, to fingers of clutching hands. Cabalistic signs chalked on the beams, which, as they sprang into their attention, struck the mind with all the force of a physical blow. And by reason of their mystery and the awfulness of their, of their import, as the little points of light grew, the creamy satin smoothness of Morvan's body, like a fine pearl, concentrated them and drew them to itself to send them forth again in iridescent luster at which Jan resolutely refused to look. Uh, yeah, actually, Jan, Jan, she she wants Jan to be in love with her, but but he's 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 got a crush on this gal in London that that. That, uh, and, and so he's trying to fight against it. Actually, he does. He does love her, but he, he, he can't admit it. He's fighting against it. The markings <laughs> of the great circle could now be seen in all of its complicated detail. In all, there were four circles. The outer, a double one, was 15 feet in diameter. A second was drawn a foot inside this, and a third a foot within this again. Thus, the inner circle was 11 feet in diameter. Outside the great circle, but just touching it, were four small double circles, two feet in diameter. Around the braziers at the cardinal points, a triangle was drawn outside the circle at the south. A doorway was marked into the great circle by drawing two parallel lines two feet apart from the outer to the inner circle. The three disciples stood waiting uh, waiting his, uh, his pleasure. To Morvan, Thor gave a censer, and a basket of incense. In her right hand, she held her athlete. Now she slung the handle of the basket on her arm. Jan was given a mighty parchment uh, and, a, and a flash of perfume. To Olaf, a pen and parchment and a small horn of ink, which together with his sword, he clutched with a desperate uh, firmness of determination not to drop them. Now, this is typical of magical operation. You have a server, and you have a scribe, and and uh, and then of course you'll 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 have a um, you'll have a wizard uh, who has the who has the book or or if, or if he knows it by memory he doesn't need the book but uh, and uh, so this 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 is typical of magical operation. Meanwhile, Thor, standing in the center of the circle, facing eastwards, crossed himself, saying, "Atho, 
Malkus, Begavura, Begadula, Leolam. Then going to the eastern side of the circle, he said, I summon steer and call thee up. I, I summon stir and call thee up, thou mighty ones of the east, to guard this circle. He's doing a kind of a pentagram ritual here, but he's, uh, you know, he's resetting the guards. We do that with a pentagram ritual these days. He then made the same proclamation to the mighty ones of the south, west and north in turn. And then when the point of his consecrated, with the point of his consecrated sword, he retraced every line of the great circle, but carefully raised the point of his sword in the form of an arch each time he passed the doorway so that the circle was left incomplete at these points. Then he wrote names of power between the circles. Uh, in, in, the, in the southeast, he wrote YHVH, Jehovah, and in the southwest, Ahea, and in the north, Alvin, and in the northeast, uh, ALH. And within the second and the inner circle, he wrote uh, in the east, Al, and in the south, Agela. And in the in the west, Yah, and in the north, Adonai, and all in Hebrew characters. Pentacles were traced between these names around the circumference of the circle. All this accomplished, Thor went to each brazier, in turn, from the east, passing southwards, the way of the sun, fanning up the coals, followed by Morvan casting upon them fresh incense of aloes, nutmeg, gum, benjamin, and musk. And uh, before the altar was a large brazier, and this was now lighted with an, an incense set set onto it. Now, um, here again, this is, as I say, although this 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 uh, smoke is actually uh, part of the material basis. Um, does this sound familiar, Ed? Anything that you that you've been uh, that, that anything connected with uh, with the garden with any gardenery and rituals you've ever done? Oh, a few places, it's identical, and in others it is extremely simplified. But it uh, basically gets the points across very well. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's really Solomonic. But but what you know, one of the things we're 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 dealing with tonight is that originally, as I say, originally, both in the Gardnerian and the Alexandrian craft, there was a lot of Solomonic ceremonial magic, both both you know from Gardner, uh, who was a member of the OTO and also a friend of Alistair Crowley's, and and Gardner certainly knew his magic and had his and had the magical manuscripts and all, and uh, so. But I, in, 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 uh, when when uh, Gardner and Kraft came over to this country and the Alexandrian too, they began to get rid of. I know I have an Alexandrian book of shadows in my collection, and and yeah, they got most of the ceremonial magic out of that too. Who uh, were leaving the circle by the door? followed by, by Morvan, then marshaled his disciples and led them inside the circle, closing the door by drawing his sword across the uncompleted lines, saying as he did so, and marking three pedagogues to guard the doorway. Uh, now, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip some of this over to, uh, um, uh, you know, um, where they start getting into conjuring here. O ye spirits, I conjure you by the power, the wisdom, and the virtue of the Spirit of God, and by the greatness of God, and by the holy name of God, Ahaya. Upon the altar lay the remaining pentacle of the four he had made for Barzabal. 
also cords, black cloth, and other things which he would want for the operation. Taking this pentacle, he bound it with a cord and, and shrouded it with a cloth, and he then passed sunwise around the circle, followed by the others to the west, where he baptized the pentacle with consecrated water, saying, O creature of iron, I consecrate thee in, in place of thy master. And I... I name thee Barzabal. Thou art Barzabal. And so saying, he sensed it in the perfumed smoke of the brazier, fanning the flame with it so it licked up without, without firing the cover, and then placed it on the floor in the west, and standing with his sword point on the pentacle, he declared in an instant, in incisive tones, I, Thor Peterson, hereby evoke the great spirit Barzabal to come to my aid, so that Jan Bonder here shall regain his lordship, his following, his lands, and his honors. Taking the pentacle, he placed it on the altar and called thrice, Barzabal, come, Barzabal, come, Barzabal, come. Come to the aid of John Bonder that he may attain his desires. Thor then announced with intense con con conviction, Barzabel will appear. And Jan's eyes searched wildly for the approach of Barzabel, expecting to see a fearful apparition of immense martial strength, probably heralded by a deafening clap of thunder. And to his inexpressible relief, none of these things occurred. Only the familiar and to him comforting voice of Thur was heard evoking the spirit again. Come, O Barzabel, by the invisible name of God. Iodi, that should be Iao, I think. By the name Tetragrammaton Elohim, by El, strong and mighty. By the name Elohim Gabor, wonderful, I conjure thee by the name Elohavadaath. A moment's pause followed, as though the whole universe waited upon these great names and held its breath in suspense. Jan's breath seemed to have died away in his breast and would never come again to sustain him. He motioned his parched lips with his tongue. He glanced at his brother Olaf, his eyes bright and shining, and his gaze rested on face in, ador in, in adoring wonderment. His white robe with his fine hair folded on his head like like the petals of hyacinth. And that glorified worship illuminating him so that he glowed with some inner radiance like the fire of the heart of a diamond, looking like an angel, lacking only the splendor of the rainbow pinions to complete his to complete the illusion. Olaf, lost in God knows what paradise that the human mind was capable of creating for itself, had no place for his brother in it. And Jan felt all the desolation of the fact in that moment of his own need for human contact. He looked at Morvan, quietly attentive, watchful of the Magus. Compared with Olaf, her face was void of expression, but she caught his roving eyes and held them with hers, and anxiety marked her clean forehead. She frowned and shook her head at him wonderingly. Jan understood her and made a frantic snatch at his vagrant thoughts. He forced himself to see the castle, even to the point of seeing a helmeted head on the battlements, which he labeled Fitzurse. 
That's his enemy. He riveted his attention, and seeing this, Morvan relaxed her frown. Uh, see, one of the things about this is uh, that, that Jan is supposed to have kept his desire in his imagination during this whole ceremony. That was what he was supposed to do. And, he was, and, and, uh, and of course, obviously he couldn't do that, except, but he tried, he tried to regain it. Thur was now at the east of the altar and had placed the pentacle, still bound and veiled, upon a triangle marked in its center. In his right hand, he held his magic sword, raised at arm's length with the pommel above the pentacle, saying, O Barcibel, I conjure thee by the most holy name, shall I. I have bound and veiled this thy symbol, which is thee. And thus I bind thee, so that thou canst not move, nor see, nor hear aught, but according... Now, let me point this out. That in the Lesser Key of Solomon, we... we uh, and I've done this before, and I know Lon Duquette also does. We have a little, a little box uh, with a little hook on it that we, that we, uh, we can put the sigil like this in this little box and hold it over the fire. And and what this does is it, it hurts the spirit because the pentacle is the spirit. You see what he, from what we've been reading here that uh, that's what what Thor's done. He is he has made. This, he has made the pentacle represent the spirit, and whatever you do then to the pentacle or command of the pentacle, bind the pentacle, uh, uh, eat the pentacle, whatever you do, the spirit is going to feel or be restrained by. So that that's the that's the uh, purpose of these pentacles. Come swiftly to obey my will by the most holy name, El Gai. I conjure thee through the virtue of the most holy name of God, El Gai. Melaki, through the virtue of Metatron, his image, through the virtue of the angels who cease not such cry by day and by night, Kadosh, 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 Elohim, Adonai, Zabayot, and by the ten angels who preside over the Sephirot, and by whom God communicated, and extended his influence over the lower things which are Kether, Hokmah, Bina, Giborah, Tibereth, Metzach, Hod, Yasod, and Malkut. And those are all, of course, all the spheres of the tree of life, and in the order of the lightning flash, which we do, which we we do in our in our yoga. I conjure and command thee absolutely, O Barzabel, in whatever path of the universe you may be, by virtue of these holy names, Adonai, Yove, Ha, Kabir, Messiah, Messiona, Mao, Ka, Yerau, Kuzay, Matspats, El Shaddai, and all of the holy names of God, which have been written in blood and in the sign of eternal alliance. I conjure thee by the names of God, most holy and unknown, by virtue of which he may tremble each day. And uh, uh, we've got another battery of names here, and, and, uh, and, and I'll spare you that battery. Hear ye, come quickly and without delay into our presence. I summon thee, Barzabel, spirit of Mars, Barzabel, come, come, Barzabel, come. And Thor uttered the last come with all the strength and will of his voice he could command, and then flinging more incense into the central brazier and motioning Morvan to replenish the others, he resumed. As the voice of the exorcist said unto me, let me shroud myself in darkness, preventure thus I may manifest 
thyself, myself in light. Come, Bartzabel, come. Come, O Bartzabel, come. Come, O Bartzabel, come. You know, if he doesn't come after all of this, we're, we're, we're you know, we're be surprised. Again, the command was issued with sumptuous force of will. A dense cloud of smoke from the big brazier leapt up to the thatch to mingle with the equally heavy fumes rising from the lesser braziers. Thor motioned to Morvan, and she went quickly around, putting on more spices. The smoky clouds began to descend with a plunge, and the whole loft was full of whirling smother of shapes, misty and contorting, none of which came into the circle, however. Jan watched this development with a kind of interested disgust. He sensed he, uh, his sensations were many and complicated and confusing to himself. He lacked entirely the long patience of the seeker after hidden mysteries. And after that breathtaking moment, when he had experienced what he had expected, he knew not what in the way of awfulness. The present moment savored of anticlimax, and he found himself disliking the whole business with a fervor equal to his one-time desire to seek its aid. Not in any way given to introspection, he was troubled and puzzled by his reaction. At his recoil, which he knew uh, to be deeply instinctive, how could he understand in his simplicity of disposition and outlook that for some natures there is no affinity between them and the occult? and that there is not the smallest channel of approach. And if, for them, the veil is torn aside, momentarily the vision though chafed will be of a, a contrary order to that expected by the devotee. And in other words, this just, just, this just was not his thing. Chan, though a realist of the first uh, water, was yet a casual believer in marvels. But typical... Of the, um, I have to turn these pages carefully because this book is old and the pages are, are just you know about like old parchment at this point. Uh, they're turning yellow, so I don't want to, I don't want to rip a page here. Mm. Let's see. Common sense of the day, he disliked being too much mixed up with us. He believed because he, he never thought about them. Go to a magician, seek a witch, were commonplace actions of people in difficulties, words tripping lightly off the tongue, and he accepted with the same light and light thoughtfulness, but with the, with the implication, let them do the work. You yourself keep out of it. And now he found himself in the midst of it. He himself would be clearer of anything. It was in such a spirit that Jan, prompted by his own angry desperation, equally thoughtless, had sought the, the aid of high magic. And being committed to it, he continued in it with much reluctance. And it was not what he expected then, and which was not which was not foul and hideous. The rites of, of the Magus had nothing to do with, with the menagerie of snakes, spotted toads, elves, and black cats. And like many and many another, Jan was now faced with the difference between the dream and the business. He did not know why, but the more he saw the business, the more he felt inclined to wash his hands of it. 
To this simple, to a simple troubled mind, all he wanted was a stout army of honest fellows who would follow him into an honest ding-dong fight that he might slay his enemy in a hand-to-hand encounter and take back what had been filched from him. And it was only right that he would, that he should furnish, that the world should furnish him with such, without for a moment wondering why such an army would risk their lives fighting for his cause. It was an intolerable impertinence that this Bart Sabell, whoever he was, and who needed and who needed so much coaxing, must have his smoky finger in the pie. Naked women and stinking smoke, while he, Jan Bonder, instead of training instead of training his men at uh, at, at uh, the witch's Sabbath, must stand rigidly in an eleven-foot circle, or be and, or be following Thor Peterson around with a with a slow and stately pace until he was dizzy and numb with all the strain and all. Well, you know, uh, obviously this this is really not Jam's thing. Although by the by the time the book is over, he's he's changed his mind about a lot of that. I, I think what Gerald was trying to get across here is is that that. Once you get into this, you're in it, and you're going to. And, and even if you don't, even if you don't like it, you're you're going to find out that if, if it works, you're going to you're going to get into it. I think that's what he's trying to get across. Uh, one other thing I, I want to mention too, um, uh, that Gardner and uh, and Sanders both, when they got started in this, they wore their ma- their magician's robes with their pentacles on them and all that. But the girls, the ladies, all all had to be nude because that was how their that was where their power came from. Well, I don't think the ladies like that very much, especially over here in America. And I think that's that's you know they 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 wanted they they wanted everybody to be sky clad. And and, I, and that's right. I mean, if you're going to be if if the women are, then the, then the men should be too. Uh, uh, Ed, do you want to comment on any of this? Oh well, there's a few things over here. Uh, the the latest incarnations of Wicca have cut through most of the wording, and it's very simplifying. It relies a lot more, I believe, on personal or group willpower and, and control. And uh, and actually, women can do this uh, in many ways better than men can. Uh, I have also observed that uh, uh, with that a woman can be the spark plug of an entire ceremony and carry it through with her, her own will. What can be done here is more than just uh, uh, drawing in the divine force, which, by the way, I, I like the way I've seen it in circles where uh, the power is brought in and the people are actually somewhat glowing. And, and you caught me a little bit by surprise when you had the uh, lighting of the magical candle, which is sub- something that we've done in experiments a few times. And it does work, although there are times when I first did it, I cannot decide whether I, the candle had actually lit or whether I was the only one there seeing it until other people saw it, of course. But uh, there is, again, it's like a little bit reminds me of chaos magic, that uh, chaos magic, basically you dive into it uh, headlong and uh, invoke uh, Thor, Odin, uh, uh Jack the Ripper, anybody else in there, and and it's a whole hodgepodge, and you can get results, but it is unguided. You don't have the safeguards on it. The Wicca has uh, wisely kept the safeguards on it, and uh, and basically the ones that have uh, kept the safeguards 
have managed to survive. Others have kind of worn out. As you, as you pointed out, we don't get anything out of uh, we, nothing magical or otherwise comes easily. And if you start out on the wrong foot, you are going to trip. That's about as much as I can put it right there. So, uh, other comments on your part, Pope? Yeah, well, uh, what uh, you know, uh, we we uh, we do not use the smoke method. Well, we do it in one sense. We we have a smoke. We use the mirror method, and we put the mirror in the triangle instead of putting a person in it, or 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 uh, or, or just the smoke. We we put uh, we put uh, the smoke the, the thurible in front of the mirror, so we do have the smoke. So you get the particular smell of the incense that relates to the sphere, and the smoke. You know you're seeing the, the in the mirror through the smoke, which 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 is a good effect, and so we're using smoke in that respect. But these what they did, and one of the reasons why I've been, been going through this is that the method, the original uh, Solomonic method, which which most of them used for both both the greater key and the lesser key, was was what we what I call the campfire. It's the campfire circle method. And this goes back, uh, and it's in our, our racial memory. It goes back to almost to the Paleolithic uh, when we were when we were hunters. And if you've ever been in the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts, you've been out in the woods and you and you're you're, you're you know you're you have your pup tent set up around a campfire and the woods is all around you, and you have a campfire. That campfire is the is the original magic circle, and and. Uh, Within that lighted that lighted area around the campfire, uh, dangerous animals won't come because they're afraid of the fire. But they will. You can see them. You can see their eyes glowing out out around. You know, as you look out into the woods, you can see their the fire reflecting in their eyes. And I think we've all, uh, when we even kids on the Boy Scouts and all, we've all experienced this, you know, looking out into the woods from beyond the campfire. That's the first original magic circle. And because uh, they did their hunting dances and shamanic dances around that, that fire at night. And uh, so the way the, way the, the, uh, the original uh, uh, Solomonic magic, the way they originally did it was, as I say, they have, they have the, the, the fire in the center and then they would have uh, these these smoke pots or incense pots around the four corners of the circle and produce this smoke, this, uh, well, actually almost like a wall of smoke around the circle. And then you would, you would see these spirits forming in the smoke, if you, if you, or as, you as you called them forth and whatever. And that's what they did. Now, uh, uh, I, I frankly have not experimented with that, although we're going to. Uh, I'm so fascinated by this, uh, this uh, that uh, especially the Vantalian operation later on that we'll that we'll get into. Uh, uh, I'm so fascinated by this that I really want to try it, and we're going to have to come up with a special kind of incense uh, that that will will provide more of a material basis. Uh, for this, and we'll, and we'll experiment and see whether or not we can actually do this. I know uh, Steve Savdo, you know, um, uh, years ago he he got in a in a warehouse and in, in down in Fort Lauderdale in the middle of summer, 
and and they they tried. And I think they were conjuring in smoke or trying to, and it uh, they exhausted themselves. Finally, had some results. So you know, we 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 should we should try this and do it outdoors and do it barefoot, like uh, like Joe Lizarisky suggests. Do barefoot and and uh, and and maybe out around the hands at Riverdale. I think it'd be a good experiment. And uh, uh, but uh, did, 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 yet, uh, like I said, did you guys ever ever try to do anything like this with smoke? We have done it with fire. And uh, it started off with just playing with the fire with a couple of gifted, magical individuals bouncing the fire back and forth at each other as, as a joke. And, but then we found that the fire could, uh, it was reacting as an intelligent creature. And we could even keep the ashes from one and then use it to, to start the next fire and get the same entities with us. It was fascinating. Later on, we were bringing it towards getting, uh, oh, more than natural creatures through really, that we were uh, enjoying uh, talking with. We hadn't gone for direct uh, direct knowledge from them as yet because I made the bad mistake of polluting the fire, which is something that in Mongolia they never polluted a fire. And they, that killed the fire spirit that we worked with that time. Although we've done it since then. So, hey, there is much to be learned there. And the fire and smoke, well, very definitely, go for it. I would say there's a lot to be done. We did it for recreation, and, and we're just getting to it for magic when I spoil things. I'd say let's do it uh, for magic again. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, as I said, I, I I think we ought to, we ought to uh, uh, try this, especially with Dan Talley. And one of the reasons why uh, Gardner liked Dan Talley, and obviously, and Dan Talley is... Uh, uh, one of our spirits in the Lamegaton, the Galatia, that uh, I've done him before, and and I like him. He's a, a very interesting spirit. He appears multi. He's he's multi-faced. He either well, he appeared to me. He appears with a numerous faces, like like uh, like like uh, you're seeing side reflections in a mirror. But the way they see him here. Is is an old man with a book, and he has a whole bunch of other spirits uh, in the smoke behind him. You know, and that that's the multi-faced uh, version that they have here. I'm gonna. Uh, I was going to read the uh, the, the his version, uh, Gardner's version of the of the uh, of the first degree uh, uh, Wicca initiation. Uh, is that? Uh, yeah, do you think that 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 that's Kind of sacrilegious to read that. Should we skip over that and go to Dantalian, or, or should we or should we read it? I say skip over or portions of it anyhow. What? Not that I not that I feel it matter, but I, I pres, personally would only uh, read major portions of it. Uh, okay. About this, but we'll skip over no. it. You know, yep. you know, I, I I won't do I won't do eco eco Azarac. <laughs> I'll skip over that. <laughs> We'll skip over. We'll skip over that. Uh, but I did want. To, I did want to mention that that a triangle, taking the the candidate through the triangle and the pentacle, is part of that original uh, witchcraft initiation. And they already use and more than uses the circle that they've already laid in the loft there uh, to do it. So so what Gardner is suggesting is is that the the the, the, the witchcraft cult also used the used the magic circle. Um, and 
and she uses it the way uh, the way he, uh, you know, the way uh, uh, it was described uh, to begin with. However, let's go let's go to to the Dantalian um, uh, thing. Now, with Dantalian, um, they're doing this primarily to help their friend Stephen Langton, who who eventually becomes the Archbishop of Canterbury, and and. Uh, uh, He's a he's a Catholic. He's a, the clerk at the Abbey, and, but he's he's kind of on their side. Although he doesn't, he really being a, being you know a devout Catholic and all that, he uh, he doesn't really feel comfortable with Morvan being nude in the circle, and and he makes a point out of that. Uh, but uh, but he finally you know if he's going to get if he's going to get Bantali and get what he wants, then then. Uh, uh, he's going to have to put up with it. So, uh, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, let's see. Stephen, uh, Stephen swallowed. I fear, he said bluntly, fear not, said Thor. Keep your mind on your high endeavor and on he who sent you here. What this, what, what Langdon wants to do is he wants to, uh, he wants to, well, according to what Gardner says, he wants to bring democracy to uh, to England, and so he's the he is according to this the the author or architect of the Magna Carta, which he brings back. You know, this is very much like the Robin Hood story. Instead of instead of uh, at the end of this thing, uh, King Richard does not come back in the end of High Magic's Aid uh, to uh, you know to. Uh, to uh, rescue Ivanhoe, uh, he can, he does not come. Uh, King Richard does not rescue uh, or restore um, 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 Jan and 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 Olaf to their family estate. What happens is is Stephen comes back from Rome with the Magna Carta. And and uh, so he frees everybody. <laughs> supposedly, that's really not true because all the Magna Carta really did was 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 uh, to grant grant some rights to the barons. It did not free the peasants. So Gardner was wrong about that. But anyway, uh, the point uh, here though is is that you know that when you know remember when Richard when King Richard came back. Uh, and and dethroned his brother his brother John, and then according to the Mel Brooks version, he said, and henceforth all of the all of the toilets in the land shall be called John. You know, <laughs> so so uh, Stephen didn't quite accomplish that, but but uh, Dantalian did give him a strategy for for this, and I won't get into it. So so uh, we'll get into this. Lead on, Stephen said grimly. Repressing further words, striving hard to overcome his detestation of Morvan's beauty. Yes, he suddenly realized that this was what he detested, if she was not so lovely, so exquisite. But as soon as they entered the loft, his mind was distracted by the strange signs on the walls, the wonderful ceremony of forming the great circle, the consecration of fire, the lighting of the lights, the incense, which in this case was cedar, rose, cinnamon, sandal, and aloes. By the way, Dantalian is a duke. That's a, that's a Venusian spirit. And then the long evocation and the repeated call, Come, O Dantalian, Dantalian, come! 
and being exalted above ye in the power of the Most High, say unto you, Obey in the name of the Mighty Ones, Leachody, and Balachiensis, Pamanchi, and Apollo Rosades, and the Mighty Ones, Leachody, and the ministers of the House of Death, and that, of course, should be uh, of this, um, ministers of the seat of, uh, of the uh, ministers of the seat of Tartarus and chief princes of the throne of Apology in the ninth region. I evoke thee, and by invoking conjure thee, and being exalted above thee in the power of the Most High, I say unto thee, Obey. And in the name of him who spake it, and it was done, him whom all creatures and beings obey, I whom God hath made in the likeness of God, and who is the Creator, according to his living breath, come and... and uh, Name of which is the voice of wonder of the Almighty God. Neo, strong and unspeakable, O thou spirit pantalion, I say unto thee, obey. In the name of him who speaks in the and in the name of one of the names of God, Elohim, Eliah, Asher, Zabaoth, Eliah, Eon, Tetragrammaton, Shaddai, Lord. Lord God Most High, in thy strength I say, obey, O Spirit, don't and appear to his servant in a moment, in a moment before this circle. In the ineffable name of Tetragrammaton, Jehovah, whose mighty sound being exalted in the power of the pillars are divided, and the winds of the firmament groan aloud, and the earth moves in earthquake, and all things of the house of heaven and earth and the dwelling places of the darkness are in torment and are confounded in, in thunder. Come forth, then, out in, come. Stephen watched the room fill with thick, with the thick smoke of incense. Come, O Dantalion. The smoke writhed and formed shapes, which vanished almost as they were formed. Stephen's heart beat faster, and through his veins surged that occult frenzy of excitement which accompanies the fixation of the will upon desire. Power to rule kings, to create a new law, so that his beloved England might obey the same law and obtain the same protection. There should be no more serfs, and men would go would be free to go and love and worship where they willed. And this the gift of this would be the gift of Stephen of Langdon. Come, O Dantalium, come. Stephen stirred uneasily, the strain of keeping his mind fixed worried him. The smoke of the incense grew denser. The strain began to hurt, but he was determined to bear it. Power he must have, power to rule kings, a charter of liberty. Idly he watched Morgan replenishing the incense. A young girl, no, a flower, a blossom of flesh, her mouth like a rosebud. He shook himself. Never must he have such thoughts. Oh, he must keep his mind clear and fixed. It must not waver in the slightest. He shook himself more angrily. Power! He looked at the billowing smoke, and now he noticed that it was flowing in a steady stream outside the circle, as if drawn by a strong draft. The room had now vanished from view, and through the inside of the circle was evidently clear of smoke. He could imagine that there were spirits in that dense cloud, but they were invisible. Could 
the ceremony never end. He must not think of such things. He must concentrate. He knew he must keep his mind fixed, but he felt as though a sword was piercing his brain from the intense effort of concentration. He dragged back his thoughts with a supreme effort and concentrated with renewed vigor. Then the smoke wavered as an elderly man carrying a big book came forward and stopped before him. And at the very edge of the circle, and for a second, Stephen thought it was a man who had come into the room for some purpose, but there was such a look of power in his eyes and such a look of terrible beauty in his awesome face, in which was neither human weakness, pity, or mercy. There was a soul, a soul-freezing glitter in his eyes, and yet they were kindly. Power radiated from him. Behind him, seen through the billowing smoke, were crowds of faces, men and women, changing, melting, and forming anew. Thor's voice changed into command to the soft to the softness of a greeting. But the spirit spirit ignored him entirely. Looking at Stephen, he said, Is that you making that noise, Ed? Yes, I had to take care of something over here. Sorry, I was wondering whether that was you or Dantalian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but looking looking at Stephen, Dantalian said, a mortal who knows what he wants. <laughs> most most interesting. Dabblers in the occult who trouble us for what they know not and seek to entangle us in their petty affairs but weary us. If we were to grant all of their boons as they ask them, it would almost always bring about the opposite effect to that which they had intended. But you know what you want. Fools often ask to be made kings, though kings have no power save what their ministers give them. But you have the correct attitude, and and know, and, and know it may be arranged. I notice also that you do not ask for happiness. Happiness. The thought struck Stephen like a blow. He looked at Morvan, but, but now her loveliness entranced him. Her sinuous grace, her full red mouth, the sweet line of her arms, her twin breast buds. She saw his changed glance and shook her head, meaning, meaning, meaningly. Stevens uh, started. No, 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 his mind shouted. Happiness is not what I want. Ha- his was to be a life of power, to rule men and kingdoms. No time for happiness. He saw Dantalian was laughing. You have passed the test, my friend, he said. You want to be a cardinal and an archbishop, it can be arranged. In time, now learn. Herbert Walter died over a year ago, and men think no successor has yet been appointed. But the monks of Canterbury, secretly at midnight, have elected their sub-prior Reginald, and I'm sending to Rome for confirmation. But the secret will leak out, and Lackland, in his rage, will force others to elect John de Grey, and dispatch him to Rome for confirmation. The Pope will profess that both elections are null, and he will demand a new election by representatives of the monks in his presence. So, get you to Rome swiftly, and, and with, what, with what you want of. 
he paused. Now ye have seen how to summon me, and with a will as strong as steel, and a mind as clear as ice. And he looked around reflectively. You will need someone, a woman is best, a witch for, 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 uh, for preference, of course. A nun, perhaps. A young boy will sometimes do. Uh-oh. To form a medium between the world and uh, of men and ours. Someone who can give out much power, such as this, this wench. Now I go. Remember all I tell you. Just need, needless to dismiss me. I'm going. And with that, he dissolved into the in- incense smoke. Thou hast mighty powers, grasped her, for as the spirit vanished, the smoke suddenly invaded the circle. Coughing and sputtering, they all dived for the ladder, and rushing to the window, flung it open the shutters, and hung out gasping. Oh, boy. Well, now, that's, uh, that, uh, that, that is, you know, the, the method that was primarily used in in those days was the smoke conjuration like that. Uh, now today we 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 prefer doing it like I say with the smoke before the mirror and and making this, this making the mirror the center point, which 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 works better, uh, which works better especially indoors. And uh, yet you know I'm 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 I am. I'm really fascinated by this, and I think, as I say, we're going to go out. We're going to go out in the hinge when it gets warmer, and uh, and you know, do it barefoot in the hinge, and and get the smoke pots going, and and hopefully the neighbors will will uh, you know uh, will not call the fire department. I hope not. Anyway, you want to comment on that, Ned? No, I think it's a doggone interesting experiment you have over there, and a good magical experiment. There are many ways of doing things, but this very old way has got a lot of charms and strength and power behind it. So I would say go forth with it and do the, do the best you possibly can. See what it's like. Well, thanks. For, well, hopefully, you know, when you get out here, uh, you can uh, join in with us, but we'll certainly share the results with you. Uh, one thing I want to mention, uh, I'm looking at, at this original First edition of High Magic Zade, and recently it's been reprinted, and you know you can get it on Amazon. It's been reprinted, and uh, the new publisher, they call themselves A U R I N I A Arena Books, and they have uh, Gerald Gardner's High Magic Zade, uh, and it appears to be all the same, but. They left out the illustrations. In the original book, the end papers of the original book has, Gard- has Gardner's has, has illustrations of Gardner's Solomonic equipment and his and his his sigils, uh, his pentacles, and he has the athame here. Um, he has the athame, the magic sword, and the white-handled knife and the circle. And he has several of the Barcelona pentacles, and uh, and uh, a lot of these pentacles, of course, are a lot of them are from the Magus. And then he has the sigil of Dantalium from the Galatia, and uh, a number of other uh, illustrations here. And all of those have been left out of the new, left out of the new publication. Uh, so uh, that's that's a shame. But but here again, as we as we said. 
when Gardner and Wicker got over to this country, um, the Solomonic aspects uh, of Gardner's, Gardner and Sanders, applied to Sanders too, that was taken out. Most of that, most of that dropped out. Um, and, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, is there anything, was there anything, by the way, when you first got into Gardner and Wicca uh, with, with Buckland and all, was there anything left of the Solomonic uh, tradition in, in it at that time, or, had they, or were they already in the process of getting rid of it? They already had exercised a good bit of it, if you pardon the term, and uh, the system had been simplified considerably by the time that Ray Buckland was initiated. And I believe that uh, this was, uh, uh, well, here again, uh, he and some of his earlier compatriots uh, worked on this and, and went for what was really quite simple. Among other things, not uh, necessarily uh, commanding spirits, but simply ask them uh, as a civilized person, uh, would you mind doing this sort of thing? And the results uh, came out to be quite good. And uh, But if you wanted to really uh, get down and dirty and work hard uh, and go for something extremely intense, you could indeed call the various spirits. Well, you know, we we did this when we when we first started uh, doing Solomonic magic. Yeah, I first started, you know, in 1969, and 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 then in 1970, 71, we started the OTA. Uh, and uh, when I first started, uh, what we did, what we we mainly wanted to do, and the first what experience I did was with Baal and Astaroth, which I knew from research were, were originally Baal and Astarte. And, uh, and so consequently, we, we, um, we were frankly in the process of paganizing Solomonic magic and commanding the spirits are concerned. We just wanted to command the demonized versions of them to bring them up and then and then restore them to their original pagan uh, god and goddesshood, and you know, in that line, uh, Joe Carson uh, was the first one to say, "Well, you know, when we call them up like this, we got to apologize to them." And so Joe, yeah, so Joe wrote the apology that we have in the Book of Solomon's Magic, the apology to the spirit. We apologize for some of you with such strong incantations. We had, we hasten to uh, declare that we only command that aspect of you that uh, within ourselves, uh, but but your 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 higher presence we hold in true reverence and, and serve in all humility. And that was Joe Joe Carson was the uh, was the author of our apology. And Sister Ariel, and uh, and uh, and of course, you know, she's uh, the she's the the avatrix of Peripheria, and and uh, I, I guess uh, the. Uh, well, I think it's been good to have a, a heavy female influence in in magic uh, from the beginning, from many different types, and Joe is a very good one, but uh, who is extremely perceptive, and yeah. uh, I've noticed this with uh, most women that are in it. The ones that are really good are really perceptive. They understand, they can pull power through, and they usually do not overstep the bounds. But that's maybe I'm getting a little bit out of view this year, but my feeling is that. Well, one of the one of the things we did too, because uh, I we also uh, were. We also were offended by a lot of this, uh, the, 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 especially the especially the um, 
uh, you know, the, the punitive and jealous aspects of, uh, of, of Jehovah. So we ended up uh, uh, developing a pagan tetragrammaton. So you know we don't we don't use YHVH. You know, and all the holy names and the Solomonic magic we changed them all to Amasha or Shamaata, which are which are pagan tetragrammatons. They're tetragrammatons based on the, on the mother letters, which are applied to the four elements. And 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 uh, the four elements are essentially uh, come from you know arise in classical paganism, and they carry through to the Kabbalah, which. Uh, so we 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 paganized everything that all of the the rituals that that we just read, you know, in High Magic's aid uh, have not, have since been 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 translated into terms that that are that are not should not be offensive to 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 pagans. And uh, one of the reasons for this is is that the original the original Phoenician uh, god. Who uh, we believe was the god of, that, that Solomon built the temple for. Uh, that's L, <coughs> which means eight. That's the left lament. L. Uh, the original was called L the Compassionate, and and he would and, and his his female half was called Lady Asherah of the Sea, and you we had a heavenly couple that in in the original. And and uh, Jehovah or Yahweh was was one of his sons that uh, so uh, he became uh, you know the the jealous uh, war god the war god of the original Hebrews. Well, what uh, what we've done is we've gone back to the original the original El the Compassionate, uh, and and uh, so consequently. Um, we're not uh, we're not evoking that 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 patriarchal uh, image of Jehovah that that you know that especially in the pagan community a lot of a lot of people find that offensive and I can't blame them and and especially you know when you when you uh, read the book of Judges <laughs> read the book of Judges and you'll you'll uh, you'll You'll see what we mean by that. It's better to get back to the original well. Anyway, uh, uh, so uh, in uh, as I said, the High Magic's Aid is is uh, a book that I that I would like all all of our uh, OTA members and our associate members in the church. I'd, I'd like to I'd like them to read it. Uh, uh, especially if they're coming from the Wiccan tradition, or the, I'd like to, I'd like them to read the book to get the to realize that originally, uh, originally there was a union between the original original Wicca and Solomonic magic. Uh, what do you think about that, Ed? Well, you know, actually, there are several uh, streams of magic that all have come into both ceremonial and Wicca, as it is. So, consequently, we have never had things changing uh, so much as it has been in the last half century or so. We have been modifying it as it's been going along. And as as I believe you once said, uh, perhaps we evolve along with our gods uh, so that uh, the gods change and we change. And all of this counts towards whatever. Yep, I agree, and and uh, and I think that that uh, we also this applies to the angels too. You know, we we uh, we we split the archangels 
we make the the uh, you know the, the four archangels are are the personifications of the tetragrammaton, the four elements. That's uh, that's Mikael, Raphael, uh, Gabriel, and Oriel. Now we make yeah, in order to keep, to keep this balance and this differentiation, we see Mikael and Raphael as male, and uh, that the you know uh, uh, the angel of fire and the angel of air. And and we see uh, Oriel and and, uh, and Gabriel, the angel of earth and water, as as female aspects. In this way, we keep a balance all the way through, and we try to do this with all with all our angelic and god god forms. And so uh, I think that what that that in doing this in recovering in recovering this this balance of the of the of the of the male and the female to the in the spiritual sphere is really. Is what is what the, uh, the, the is what the pagan movement really was all about. I think that that there was just too much. There was too much uh, this patriarchal uh, uh, thing, and and as Gardner was trying to point out, I magic said, without uh, without the witch in the circle, you don't have any magic. You know, you're going to have to have that. that you're going to have to have that lady in there because if you don't. Yeah, looks like we invoked the rain again. It's coming down. Oh my. <laughs> I mentioned Gabrielle. That's the reason. Last last week, right about the time we were we were uh, uh, invoking Barcelona, we got a we got a downpour, and this time <laughs> this time we uh, we're getting another one, and we really need it's this rain time. though. So yeah, well we <laughs> need it out here. Uh, next week, next week. Uh, we're going to get into the into the fascinating world of of Britain's uh, leading galactic ceremonial magician, the uh, the um, the famous and renowned Jake Stratton Kent, and we're going to talk about his his masterpiece, the Galactic Encyclopedia, and uh, which I'm making my way through. He's very. This is very, very uh, fascinating. He's another, uh, like Roy Bowers. He's another one that really is fascinated by Robert Graves, and uh, and uh, but yeah, but he's also he's been uh, Jake Stratton Kent has been doing Galatia since 1972, as almost as long as I've been doing it, and uh, so uh, he has several very fascinating books out and quite a quite a fascinating. Uh, 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 pedigree and history behind him. So next week we're going to be discussing uh the works of uh, the works and the and the and the uh the practice of Jake Stratton Kent. So until then, uh thanks so much for coming on board, Ed. And uh and uh we'll uh we'll be back next week and uh, until then, good magic and and blessed be and Mary Park. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye.